broadcasting live from Roberta's in Bushwick, Brooklyn. You're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.com. Heritage Radio Network. We are Groundworks Inc. I'm Carmen DeVito. And I'm Alice Marcus Creed. And we design, install, and maintain gardens in and around New York City, even in December. <laughs> Actually, we're not doing it right now, but no. our gardeners are. We're winding down. Out in the cold today. Um, so today we have a really great guest from the other coast, the coast of Washington, Bruce Bailey, who's the owner of Heavy Petal Nursery and a self-professed plantaholic. Here's what Linda Butler, author and curator of the Rogers and Clementus Collection, says about Bruce. Bruce Bailey does not let living in Zone 5 define his gardening or his life. His adventurous style is evident in every plant he selects and in each garden he designs. When I met Bruce, my first impression was one of boundless energy and a mind always at work. His careful observation of nature and nature, as, as expressed in gardens, informs his plant choices. And once formed, his opinions are not hidden. Bruce's educational background in, is in art history and design, and he's an accomplished interior designer decorator, in addition to his ability to paint pictures with plants. Even plants for sale at his nursery are presented to the shopper in a painterly style. And um, actually, Alice and I had been following Bruce's musings about plants on Facebook, and after we became virtually acquainted, <laughs> we asked him to be a guest um, because of in, his interest in kind of pushing the envelope with plants and gardens. And we, we like people who like to do that. So, Bruce, I'm so glad you could join us today. Well, I'm glad to be here. So, um, that was an interesting bio, but I don't think it goes into depth enough uh, right. for me. <laughs> I think you need to tell us more about how you ended up designing and building gardens. You've had quite an evolution. Why don't you share a little bit about that? Well, my, my background in college was in art and art history, and actually I minored in history as well. Um, I'd always been kind of a gardener through high school. I worked in a nursery in high school. Um, my grandfather was a gardener. And after college, I went to work for a federated department stores. Uh, at that time, it was the Bon Marche here in Washington State, uh, later became Macy's. After a few years, I was kind of uh, fed up with kind of the in-store politics that happened. Mm. Right, a lot behind the scenes. That's always fun, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I just decided from then I needed to kind of uh, take a break. And so I came to work for my family's business. What did they do? Well, my dad had a construction excavation uh, business at the time, and he was also building a ranch. Awesome. Uh, He he raises, uh, well, he's down to 70 horses. We'll just put it that way. What what kind of horses were they? Uh, American Quarter horses. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
so so he's got you know he has a breeding program. He's five stallions here on the ranch. Um, but from there, I kind of <clears throat> there was a ca- calling somewhere. I wasn't satisfied, mm-hmm. so I, I took a year off and decided to spend time in my own garden. And I was kind of pestering uh, the manager of a local garden center a little bit. I was asking for plants. She's like, I don't know what those are. I can't get those. Those aren't on my list. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not well, on my list. I love that know, line. <laughs> um, she's asking me to come work for her. Uh-huh. So uh, I did. Good. And I worked in a gar- local garden center for about four years, became the assistant manager. That's a really good way plants. to actually uh, learn plant ID and plant names is to actually work with them every day. It's so much more tangible, isn't it, Bruce, than like, you know, reading about them and looking at little photos, you know, in... Oh, in oh, yes. Yeah, well, and that was part of the problem is I was a little bit more versed in plants than she was. <laughs> I was going to say, you she were was, teaching her. <laughs> actually, yeah. She, yeah. she, she, she actually, um, her, her, her garden kind of expand, expanded in the, the four years also. Right. Um, and she's a, she's a big lover of uh, the Plain State uh, plants, the grasses, uh-huh. the rudbeckias, and... The first thing I showed her was um, uh, Rudbeckia herbstone, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Oh my gosh, it's six <laughs> feet tall!" I'm like, "Yeah, isn't it great?" She, uh, she she had to buy the whole flat herself, so so of course she she started kind of delving into plants. But I also became the gift buyer for the store, uh-huh. and the store opened up a gift department as well, and I picked up a few design clients. That kind of progressed into more design clients, went to work for a company over on the west side of the state because I'm more in central Washington out in the high, high desert. Okay. And uh, went to work for this company that was dealing a lot with Microsoft clients. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was pre-9-11. And I started bringing plants home. Well, I was bringing plants home that I could use, bringing plants home that I wanted yeah, I killed a lot of plants along the way because I had to have the plant, whether I could grow it or not. Right. I had to have it. <laughs> I know that obsession. <laughs> yeah. So then I started growing a few plants and making a few cuttings and growing a few more plants. And for the first two years, my I kind of had a little pocket nursery behind uh, one of my dad's shop buildings uh, that I was keeping for myself. And next thing you know, I decided I'd buy a 3,000-square-foot greenhouse. Because, uh, <laughs> several of my friends are like, oh, you're, you get a greenhouse, you'll fill it, you'll fill it. And I'm like, i got to get the biggest greenhouse I can get for the dollar. Yeah, right. So, so that's what I did, mm-hmm. and it was kind of a snowball effect after that. It just did, you know, the, the nursery grew out of that, and I, I, of course, left the garden center and... Uh, my, I had design clients, I had container clients, uh, both uh, commercial and private. How did you come up with the name Heavy Petals? Yeah. That's such an awesome well, name. Well, I used to be inside out, and there was a gal who kind of took my name and applied it to her business here. Oh. And, and uh, not thinking about it. She didn't even think about it because she became something inside and out. So a lot of people thought we went into business together. And I'm oh. like, you know, i I got to break away. Yeah. I, I just have to break away from this. And I have a very different aesthetic. Uh, it's, it's a little bit rock and roll. It's I a little was bit gonna steampunk. Say, right. 
Yeah. It's a little bit big top at times. <laughs> big top. Uh, um, so I'm just like, you know, and my friend, my one of my friends like, yeah, you ought to just, you know, you ought to be rock and roll. You ought to be heavy metal, Nurshia. I'm like, no, I don't want to be heavy metal. <laughs> right. No, uh, but I know what you're saying. Right. Yeah, it's a good right, way to stand but I said, out. But let's, let's put a twist on this on this whole thing. Let's let's become heavy pedal. I, I got a lot of flowers. Yeah, right. It's and, it's a great name. She thought that was brilliant. It was. So, it, it's it's really it's a great name. Totally memorable. Well, well, and then then last year I Early. stumbled upon. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of Andrea's last name, but she's out of uh, the Vancouver area um, of British Columbia. Well, she's also heavy pedal. Ah, uh, right. And she has a heavy pedal blog. So we, she and I have kind of, uh, through Twitter and through Facebook, we, we've agreed it's a West Coast mentality. <laughs> I don't know. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of punk rock or heavy metal heads in New York, too. Well, well, so. <laughs> well and, and punk rock gardens. Uh, she's right. what, in Harris, Harrisburg, uh, PA. Yeah, that's so, right. Is that Debbie? So, and, Aunt- and Laura's a really great guy. Yeah, He's yeah, also right. a friend of mine. And yeah. Michael, Michael Nolan, the garden rock star, is also a friend of mine. Right. And, and, well, you know what? Uh, I think this business could use an injection of rock and roll. It's yeah. very. You know, if, if anyone has been to a trade show, God, we need it. We need. Like, so well, and, and and I totally agree with you. Um, uh, uh, this this year, I I decided to go off to the IGC in Chicago. I had never been. Uh huh. But I've been to the Far West show in Portland several times, and frankly, I'm I'm jaded. Yeah. I am jaded because the Northwest is so full of great plant breeders, and yeah. it seems like they're really presenting the, 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 the product, and the Willamette Valley just has so many great growers, and so, so you know, they, they also do up in Washington State, but I wanted to see some new stuff. Yeah, so. no, it's good. Carmen and I came out to the San Francisco show several years ago, and oh. it was just completely inspirational. And, and different from what happens on the East Coast. You really, yeah. you really should come out to the Seattle show. It's the second largest show in America. I know, I know. That's That's been on our when radar. When is it? Is it in March? <clears throat> no, uh, no, that's in February. February. Yeah. Um, and and what, what was really interesting when we were in San Francisco several years ago was everybody was so interested in English gardens from the east coast and we were like blah 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 like we've already done know, that like, <laughs> give us some well, interesting well, plants and some japanese well, aesthetic you know oh i i noticed several years ago i was fortunate enough to meet christopher lloyd uh-huh and he had come out to speak in the northwest and he he was more interested to go see the plants here in the northwest right while while everybody you know, from here is focusing on England. The people in England are focusing on here. I know. That's what I was so, trying to say. It's like so always there's, opposite. There's this plant envy going on. Yeah. It's plant envy. That's <laughs> all it is. Yeah. Yep, it sure is. I'm sure there's a song about that, too. <laughs> if there isn't, there should be. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get a lot of, um, you know, as landscape designers, a lot of wonderful plants come from the West Coast and end up in East Coast Gardens. Um, and we, Thanks I, to Dan Hinckley. <laughs> yeah, and also just, you oh, know, great yeah. soil for growing. And so we have this impression of Washington State as being really wet and warm, but so much of it is not. Tell us about no. where you garden and grow and how well, different it is. Well, I'm at about 1,300-foot uh, elevation. Mm-hmm. I am in a high desert. Right. Uh, I mean, sagebrush is kind of the native here. Uh-huh. Wow. Basalt, basalt formations, uh, you know, gorgeous, 
gorgeous chasm of of the Columbia the Columbia River that it, it flows through. I'm dying to and, see that. I'm dying to see that. Well, and a, a lot of people, you know, sit there. Oh, Washington! Oh, you got such beautiful trees. Well, mm, you know, we're lucky to get a tree grow to grow sometimes. Right. Uh, in my part, and and I'm kind of more in the middle, where even more eastern, uh, easterly in Washington towards Spokane. You start getting into the foothills and the pines again. Right, right. So, so we kind of go through everything. But um, I, I'm in an area where uh, winter can be a drought. Wow. Um, our snow is what they would consider dry, and it actually evaporates because of the winds. Uh huh. Yeah, so you're in a unique it, environment. Yeah. Yeah. How much rain do you get typically per year? What's your average? Ooh, I wouldn't even say we get 12 inches. That's wow. crazy. New York gets on average 47 inches of rain a year. This year wow. we had a lot more than that, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's very different from Seattle. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, and then Seattle also has its dry time too, but that's mm-hmm. usually in July and August when all the, le- the, the lawns turn this pretty, pretty gold color. <laughs> right. <laughs> So, a question then: um, Your addiction to plants—did it come um, from like your design needs? You know, things that you wanted to see and, and use as a as in your designs, or or was it just an obsession to grow things, or both? Um, um, well, it, it it was a catalyst for the nursery. We'll just put it that way. Um, uh, I I think once you kind of start getting into Oh, I like that plant. Oh, that plant looks cool. Oh, there's a different version of that plant. Right. Oh, there's something else. Oh, somebody came out with something newer. That's somebody the slippery spread something slope. Cooler. Yeah. Uh, it, it kind it kind of goes along that, and you have to have it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I think it's better than a shoe or drug addiction, frankly. <laughs> well, it's safer. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. safer. <laughs> and half the time, it's more rewarding. Yeah. Well, that's I mean, uh, uh, the shoes. Are seasonal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and you're not going to wear them next year anyway. Right, right. True. Do you know um, Dennis Schrader? I, I know. Uh, I have met Dennis. I met him several years ago. He had come out here with a, a horticultural symposium. Uh-huh. And uh, he was speaking with Thomas Hobbs, uh, Tom Fisher, uh-huh. and uh, Fergus Garrett on that symposium. And he's kind of a shy guy, but he has a great great garden and talk about somebody who loves tropicals well that's when when you were talking about kind of the need for for both design reasons you know for starting your nursery and and just the the desire to grow things um it that's how dennis's nursery got got started uh landcraft and um it's 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 a similar story he was a landscaper who just was like why can't i get what i want you know he saw the niche and that was missing in the market and it sounds like you you kind of had a similar experience. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, um, and talk about horticultural envy, uh, Bruce. Well, I mean, every time we every time we go to his nursery to buy plant material, we end up in the house that has his personal collection, and we're like, "Can we buy that?" He's like, "Well, no, that's mine." And like, well, "Can we yeah. buy that?" And he's like, "No, that's not." For I just sale. brought that from Costa well, Rica. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I hate to tell you, but. Uh, Many of us are kind of like that. Um, uh, I, I know Sean Hogan of Sistus has his little kind of stashes. I know Dan Hinckley has his stashes. We, we all kind of do it. Right. You know, um, uh, they're our collection. 
and and a lot of times we've gotten them as gifts from people who have found them, created them, propagated them, right. whatever. So so it's 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 kind of a personal thing. But it's such you know? a great community when you meet someone to to share it with and who's got the a, a similar love and a similar aesthetic and that's what's great I think about the gardening well, community. Well, and, and that's that's what I uh, several years ago um, I was looking at. Uh, we don't have a garden club where I live. I'm in a town of 19,000 people. You are the garden club. <laughs> well, well, actually, we had a strong garden club, and most of them have passed on. Yeah. Or the younger ones became master gardeners and had no real interest in being gardening. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so I Good went point. out. I went out exploring, and I went, and I looked at uh, a couple couple organizations in Seattle, and I looked at uh, an organization, you know, in a different town. And basically, I, I ended up joining the Hardy Plant Society of Oregon uh-huh. because I felt I found my tribe. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's nice okay? when you do, right? And, and, and I, think, I think gardening, in a way, is kind of tribal yeah. because I, I've even discovered this on our social media. There's, there's certain groups of us who really bound together because uh, we, we find the same ideas and and maybe even sometimes the lack of things, and we want to find that that piece that's missing. Yeah, exactly. And, and and it's yeah part of the big puzzle, but it's it's I think you're you're correct. It's such a sharing community. Um, I mean, I'm also a foodie. A yeah. lot of gardeners I know are foodies. Yeah, you it's know, kind of it part just, and parcel, right? Yeah, I I think it all plays hand in hand, and and really finding. You know the the tribe you belong with, and finding people who are in the same groove you are is really necessary to even help you grow as a gardener. Exactly. So when we we have to take a break. Um, okay. When we come back, though, we want we want you to think maybe over over the break for a second about how far your plant addiction has taken you, and how far would you go to acquire a plant that you desire. Hmm. Stay tuned. Okay. To we dig plants <laughs> on the Heritage Radio Network. The following program has been brought to you by Kane Vineyard and Winery. Kane Vineyard and Winery supports Heritage Radio and the growing movement to change how Americans eat and how we think about our planet. For more information, visit www.kane5.com.
Hi, welcome back to We Do Plants. Uh, Bruce, we picked this song just for you. A little cactus from Surfer Rosa, Pixies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're here with Bruce Bailey, garden designer and owner of Heavy Petal Nursery in Moses Lake, Washington. And we gave Bruce a challenge. What would you do and how far would you go to get a plant you want? Oh, um, that's that's still even a good question. Um, uh, I wouldn't do anything illegal or wouldn't prostitute myself that's for sure um but but um i i you wouldn't take I, off um, your dress and uh, send it to me well I, I know for a fact that i've paid we'll say over 50 dollars for a three and a half inch pot before sure yeah yeah i mean just on on chance that i could grow it yeah um uh you know it's I think I think a lot of gardeners. I hate to say it, but sometimes uh, money really isn't the issue. No, it's the obsession. Yes. Mm-hmm. So so I I have watched people trade trade books, trade services, trade anything to to get get plants. I services like I said, in I, quotations. I, I, <laughs> well. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what would you barter? <laughs> That's a good question. Okay, we're not going to make me blush today, okay? <laughs> I think you are, Bruce. <laughs> Alice and I are famous for our, our not G-rated gardening show. Oh, Tell us. good. Tell yeah. us. So we'll, 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 we'll compete against the hortosexuals in L.A. Okay, great. <laughs> Great. So tell us, tell us one special story of a, of a plant that you obsessed over. And, and oh, God, you're making me pick one. Well, <laughs> just that's, that's, we that's don't have much difficult. time, so we just can do one for today. Um, well, we'll just, we'll just put it this way. Um, I went to England a few years ago, got the plant I wanted, which I couldn't find in the United States, carried it around England for three weeks to take <laughs> Just to take a cutting off of it and bring yeah. out the cutting. Yeah. What plant was it? Uh, at that time, it was actually Sambucus black lace. It wasn't available in the United States. Right. Now it's very common. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I yeah. know. It's I know. a beast here. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 And, it's, and, and actually, <clears throat> uh, I, when I'm, I'm designing, I don't use it as much. I find that I'm using black beauty. Black beauty is Yeah, that's out. new. That's a, great, that's a yeah. great plant. Well, Alice and I, for a client, we, when we were out in the West Coast, we saw some banksias, which are hard to find here, right. and oh. you know we carried it on the plane on our. La- <laughs> it was on Carmen's lap, lap. <laughs> during the entire flight from San Francisco back. <laughs> we only do that for really special clients. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, when you're luckily you're in New York, you have clients that can be a little bit more um, uh, uh, generous. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, right. Uh, so your your nursery really specializes in zone five A to seven. Is that right? Yeah, well, I, I am. I'm. I'm a good hardy zone five here. Okay. And all. And all zone. You know, I do. I do grow zone things that go down to zone three, but um, I have to really look at. I don't want to sell somebody something that they're going to sit there and go, "Oh, it died." Right. Right. So, um, the, I do carry some select things for a little bit higher zones, but I also have people that drift in from Seattle. Um, I have people that drift up from Portland, so I do have some collectors who who come, and it, it's it's I need to offer things. I also need to experiment here. Um, I find that 
I can find those little micro zones, those little those little pockets around the house, mm-hmm. someplace safer mm-hmm. that that are a little warmer during the winter because they receive the sunshine, but they they're up maybe closer to the foundation of the house, and and they can really grow something special that they've been wanting. Yeah, I, I hate telling people, sorry, no, you can't do that. Right, right. Okay, and it really frustrates me. When, when I walk in some place and it's like, oh, no, you can't grow that. I, I hate being told that myself. You can't grow that. Right. Well, it's got to be tried and true tested, you know? Yeah. I mean, Alice and I right. have planted southern magnolias, yeah, you know, yeah. in Brooklyn. Technically, they're not hardy here. You know, six years later, they're, they're you know. beautiful and blooming. Yeah. I mean, we did take a chance. The, the client was willing to take a chance. Yeah. We wrap them, you yeah. know, we spray anti-desiccant. You can't be literal about it. I mean, the tag is, I think the tag is a guideline. I mean, if you think about what a zone covers, that's a huge amount of area. You exactly. Know? And even within those areas, it's not going to cover it completely. Exactly. And like, you know, there's always the exception to the rule, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just finding, finding those zonal denial areas. We'll just call it that. Zonal, <laughs> zonal, denial. zonal denial. I like that word. Yeah. I like that zonal. You're in zonal denial. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> well, it's not my phrase, but yeah, it's, it's out there. But that's, that's what you're doing. I mean, yeah. That's what we all do. It, we have to. It's, 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 like, it's like trying to plant orchids in, in the alpine area. Well, there are orchids that actually grow in alpine areas. We yeah. have to find the right one. Exactly. Are you finding that your customers are getting more sophisticated, Bruce, with their plant palette and, I mean, design clients, not just the nursery people, the collectors that come looking for, for special things? Are you finding that they're wanting more and more things? Well, I, I think the gardening market is becoming more educated as a, as a whole. Okay, sure. let's start there. Um, I don't like when, when we see pictures in, let's say, a local newspaper, because I live in a smaller town, and it's showing, oh, these bright yellow, sunny-looking daffodils. Well, what type of daffodil is that? Right. So ask the question. Right, right. And, and, and I think people, because of all the magazines, because of the Internet, um, uh, look, look at all the people we know off of Facebook, Twitter, we're just kind of cruising around, and all of a sudden, oh, you're a garden designer. Hey, friend me. Oh, I want to follow you. Right. And, and they kind of want to know what you're talking about. Right. It's because they're seeking knowledge. Right, right. And people want more tidbits of knowledge now. Very few, you know, fewer and fewer people are buying gardening magazines and, like, going through them, you know, page by page. And, you know, they just want to yeah. kind of, you know, they're star for time, and they want, like, a quick you know, inspiration or a quick list of what's going to work for them, you know, and, and a picture is a thousand words. I mean, it's just the, the visual vocabulary. That's what they want to see. Yeah. You know, tell us, tell us um, in your kind of West Coast sensibility, what you see that's like an old fashioned plant that's coming back into vogue. Well, I, I, I know that roses, um, especially antiques, garden roses mm-hmm. are, are coming back. In, into Vogue. Um, uh, I, I believe even Monticello um, with P. Allen Smith, uh, they're kind of working together. I'm not quite sure about it. It's just something I've read about the Noisettes, which were the first right. um, bread roses being brought to America. Right, out of Charleston, and South Carolina. Right. Y- yeah, so, so we're seeing that. Um, the Biltmore 
Um, I noticed this year is having their own rose collection, and I think Paul Zimmerman uh, works for Biltmore. And there's a gentleman who I think has 1,400 varieties of antique species, old garden roses himself. Right. Where is that, Bruce? The Biltmore? At the, oh, at the Biltmore it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. So they're um, going to start... Uh, well, no, the, that's his private collection. Oh, he okay. works for the Biltmore. But the Biltmore um, uh, is I, uh, doing a lot of restorative work with the, the, the rose gardens. They have new roses, and I think they have some of the original roses okay. that uh, the, the Vanderbilt right. uh, grew themselves. And, and I think people are out there, uh, you know, we've had some severe winters uh, on this, this coast. Mm-hmm. And like in my area, a lot of the grafted roses died. Just they, they, they died all the way down to the roots. Sure. Well, well, I'm looking at raising a rose from a cutting so it's on its own root. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of small nurseries I'm seeing starting to do that. And the rose, the rose um, uh, well, like... Weeks and Jackson Perkins and stuff, you know, they're they're kind of waning. They're, I know. I think, Jackson and, I think Jackson and Perkins last year. I didn't see them in a lot of garden centers. I think they they were down to purely mail order. Right. And right. and and uh, you know, uh, it's it's just I think it's it's something that's that's happening. Uh, we're seeing a lot of nurseries kind of fall under big, big, big. Nurseries. I know. Let's talk a little bit about that movement. Do you think we're going to go? Do you think our business is going to kind of the, the nursery and horticulture business is going to kind of follow the model of the locavore, locavore food movement and go into well, more? Well, I, I, I think it's it's going to return to what its roots are. That would be I great. Mean, n- nurseries originally were, you know, they were they were bringing and they were propagating. They were, you know, doing all this themselves. And the, the bigger production nurseries made it easier to where nurseries, a lot of nurseries became garden centers. Right. Well, those big production nurseries have become so big that they've become a little shaky. And we've, we've watched ones uh, go out of business, resurrect themselves, get bought up. And, and I think it's that mom and pop, which, which a lot of us own, you know, basically a small individually owned nursery you're going to see that really starting to take, um, uh, well, to blossom. Right. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, so maybe the business will be in the hands of horticultural craftsmen instead of just, you know, people looking exactly. at the bo- bottom line. Yeah. Corporate, yeah. right. Yeah. I mean, there yeah. is a place, you know, <clears throat> impatience perhaps should be grown on a mass scale by, you know, but there's a lot of wonderful plants that, you know, when you have so much overhead, you're not going to take a chance and grow. You no, know? no. No, I, I mean, I, I've, watched, I've watched a friend of mine who's a grower, and she grows primarily um, annuals. Uh-huh. And I'm watching her buy just plug product, mm-hmm. cutting. Just, yeah. And, and we're talking almost $100,000 worth of plug product and cutting. Up front, right. Yeah. Right. So I'm sitting there just, you know, that makes me go, <gasps> yeah. because that's, that's a lot of money yeah. to put, put out, hoping that you're going to have people there, and, and you're, she's selling it wholesale uh-huh. to retailers. Right. So, so that, that gets to me. That's very scary. Yeah. Yeah, we have some wholesale grower friends, too, um, out here in Long Island, and it's the same, it's the same situation um, big, out here as big well. Big money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what's up your sleeve 
for next season, Bruce? What are you excited about growing and selling? Well, I'm actually combing, well, I've been combing through a lot of things. Um, I'm, I'm constantly looking for uh, new shrubs. Um, you know, this is probably, for me, an off year. I've got some issues dealing in my personal life. I don't seem to be focusing as hard as I should, but I, but I am finding a few other things. Um, I'm, I'm looking at actually expanding my palette of perennials at the nursery. Mm-hmm. Um, I, we have a lot of people who have, in my area, who've bought uh, new, smaller track homes. Mm. Uh-huh. And, and so, uh, of course, I'm going to bring in probably more dwarf conifers. Uh-huh. I love, uh huh. I love I love those. Yeah, and we well, use them and, a lot in, I, in containers in the city. Well, yeah, you know? but 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 I think more people are using them in containers. And with these small, I mean, I don't know what what some of the track homes look like in your area, but when I'm looking at houses that are, you know, spaced almost ten feet apart, uh, the yards are small. Everything's small. Why right. would you plant a tree that's going to get fifty to seventy feet tall? Yeah, you need the scale. Yeah, why yeah. would you? Landscapers, <laughs> right, right. So, so you know, I'm I'm trying to educate people a little bit more about uh, putting things in scale, mm-hmm. um, design, more more perennials, more uh-huh. things that are a little bit more carefree. Uh, that's one of the reasons I went to IGC is to really look at some of some of the availability out there, um, especially when uh, there's so many Midwest and East Coast growers at that show, right. And, and it's plants I'm not finding here. Yeah, what were you really excited about um, from, from the East Coast or from the, from the Midwest? Well, um, of course, I was seeing um, spring, spring meadows and proven winners. Of course, I, I get, I've gotten their catalogs for years, and I've bought from them for years. Right. Um, uh, you know, I do see some great perennials coming out of them, coming out of Walter's Gardens. But I also see great perennials coming out of North Creek Nursery. Oh, I love North, North Creek. Creek. Yeah. They're great. You know, and, and, and I think um, we as Americans need to also look, let, let's face it, you know, a lot of people who have gardens or land, we'll just say landscape, around their new houses want to do the minimum maintenance. Right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Unfortunately, so let's at, yeah. Let, let's look at things that are native and are going to do well in their area. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and... You know, then I'm I'm kind of um, showing some of these young women how they can sit there and let's just create pocket beds around your patio because that's where you're going to really enjoy them for right. the moment and let them grow from those pocket beds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Start so, small. So, right. so put their color, do their containers, let's do that, but let's leave everything as things, you know, great shrubs with colorful leaves like Cotinus, Sambucus, the Physocarpus. You know, or some of these great, uh, I do really well with uh, a lot of different hydrangeas, but I do well with the paniculatus. Oh, yeah. we love those. Yeah. And the arborescent. My macrophyllas don't do well in my area. Yeah. Not right. enough my, water. <laughs> yeah. Well, and my soil is extremely alkaline. Right, right. You know, we're, we're talking pH of uh, 7 to 8. Uh-huh. So, so really, really alkaline soil. right. Yeah. And 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 our winter just would burn all the buds off. Right, right. So we were seeing um we were seeing Philadelphus and Eliangus. Is that how? Uh, Eliagnus. 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 Yeah, yeah, I love yeah. Those are coming, making a comeback. I, I, I think is so underused. Uh, actually, Philadelphus and viburnums. Yeah. 
are so underused. Um, a viburnum to me is a complete four season plant. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, people true. don't realize you know. that. I mean, the right berries, now in New York, the flowers, they're gorgeous. Yeah. They yeah. have beautiful right. fall color. Right. The color, yeah. The birds yeah. like and to eat the berries. I mean, it's a great birding kind yeah. of plant. Well, and, and and you know, again, again, spring leaf color, blossom, berries, or actually they're droops. Uh huh. Um, right. <laughs> to be true. technical. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, and then you get fall color with a lot of them on the leaves, and then the droops hang on, and then the birds come on, and some of them have interesting bark. Right. Philadelphus are great. They're also native. Exactly. You exactly. Know, um, uh, here we have uh, a native uh, Philadelphus, Louis, uh, I want to say Louisiae, but that's not right either. But, um, it, you know, uh, it's, it's a great native we have that grows on both sides of the state. Uh-huh. And, and so, yeah, that is something I'm really bringing into the nursery this year. Um, because I want uh, more people to be growing them, and they're not a shrub that really gets out of hand. No, exactly. My father was laughing because I was just at home for Thanksgiving, and I was saying, Dad, we need to get some. They they chopped down their their laurels um, because they had just gotten diseased, and they were 40 years old, and we just decided we wanted something else. So we were trying to figure out what to put, and I said, what about Philadelphus? And he was like, don't you remember when we bought this house, we ripped out Philadelphus? <laughs> well, let's come around again. And I was like, it's back again, now. Again. <laughs> Look, sweat, sweater plant. dresses are back, so <laughs> Ellie Agnes and Philadelphus yeah. can come yeah. back. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, I can't grow all of the Ellie Agnes um, out here, um, but uh, the one I do have at the nursery is uh, Quicksilver, uh-huh. the one that was introduced in England that's um, smaller. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of people are very impressed because my specimens maybe ten feet tall and eight years old. Where in this area they were brought in as windrow trees, and and uh, the it, they just they're a noxious weed. Yeah, right. Basically, right. Well, but I love the I love the look and I love the fragrance. I yeah, that. that fragrance you can't beat. So, well, I'm sorry, uh, Bruce, we have to wrap it up. Our time is up for today. But thank you so much for joining oh, us. No, thank you for having me. And uh, please visit the, the, the website. Heavy Petal Nursery. Is it HeavyPetalNursery.com? Nursery.com. Great. Great. You'll be inspired. And, and what you're doing yep. out there is fabulous. And oh, ho- yeah. Hopefully we can get out there and uh, meet you in person. Well, at least come and see me speak. Oh, de- absolutely. And we'll, uh, okay. we'll actually post a link to your website via okay. our Facebook fan page. That sounds fabulous. Thanks, Bruce. Okay, thank you. You're listening to We Dig Plants on the Heritage Radio Network. Um, if you miss any part of the show, please note it's available via archives on the website, heritageradionetwork.com, and via podcast. You can leave comments or join our Facebook fan page, Groundworks, Inc., We Dig Plants, or visit our website, groundworksgardens.com. Thanks for listening. See you in the garden. Thanks for listening to this program on the Heritage Radio Network. You can find all of our archived programs on heritageradionetwork.com, as well as a schedule of upcoming live shows. You can also podcast all of our programs on iTunes by searching Heritage Radio Network in the iTunes Store. You can find us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for up-to-date news and information. Thanks for listening.